Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misik is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS. Week 4 pregame postgame podcast with Jim Zoki. I am Mike Pacheco. This is post- the game against Arizona and pre the game coming up against Houston, both road games for the Panthers. And uh, quick redux, I guess, on the, the game on Sunday. And I know uh, we, sh- we really should talk about your, your fun trip to uh, to uh, Las Vegas. But, we'll cover uh, all that. We'll cover all that. But uh, what a, and it's not a debut, obviously, because Kyle Allen got the win against uh, the Saints end of last year. But to step in, Jim, and, and get the, a, a big win when this team needed it, uh, kind of, I think everybody, fans included, taking a big collective breath after uh, yeah. after that win on Sunday. It's like two states, one breath. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like we were all holding our breath. Yeah. And I think we all felt like he could do the job. Right. And we're not playing, I hate to say, the Super Bowl champs here. Right. We weren't playing the Patriots. But I, it was kind of like the, the opening drive, like, it was like, move down the field, move down yeah. the field. McCaffrey's running past her going, fumble. Right. Right. Going, Oh, oh, <laughs> right, right. That's what's going to go on. And then we're down at halftime. Yeah. And then we're down in the third quarter when they take the lead with the uh, the touchdown. But I thought the big moment, beyond even coming back from the fumble, was when Arizona took that lead, and then he leads an eighty yard drive down the field. Like, yeah. okay, I think we got something here because it was pass after pass, a mix with the run. Some of the passes he was hitting. I mean, I'm talking like guys are covered, yeah. and he's finding their fingertips, not the palm of their hand, that needs to be hit with the pass to make those completions. I mean. It seemed like you don't practice enough at this speed, game speed, to be able to make these passes. And he had a lot of help, yeah. a lot of heroes on defense and offense. But just to look at what he did, I talked to Marty about it. I go, which one got you? Uh, what was the play where you go, this is kind of next level? And he said uh, the one where he was rolling out to his right, waited and found Olsen in the end zone. He goes, he goes, that's the stuff that like usually takes a long time to develop into that. And that's a good, good way of uh, kind of working out of pressure. Because uh, that's a big pressure situation, mm-hmm. uh, and you know they talked about that today at the press conference. Um, Ron Rivera mentioned that as well. Is one thing they really liked about uh, Kyle Allen was the fact that he can see the field kind of like a point guard. Sometimes I don't think you think about that. And you know, superstar athletes and pro elite athletes. Larry Bird used to talk about this: is they see things differently, and and the game in their head is is a different speed. Whereas for us, it you know it's really fast in our head and everything gets jumbled but uh but to be able to to see Greg Olson on that play was, was huge and I think uh, just making a comparison Kyler Murray looks really like he's got great potential like I think uh because he plays like him like Russell Wilson type potential which is top 10 quarterback yeah. in the league yeah. honestly even for his height but if you notice a lot of times and why he got sacked so often was he would turn around try to run backwards like he was still at Oklahoma it's like you can't do can't that. that Kyle Allen knows how to move a couple feet to one side or the other to avoid that pressure, step up around a tackle that's fanning a blocker off that he knows where the pocket's going to break down and continue to play, whereas Kyle Murray's trying to, uh, Kyler Murray is trying to improvise 
and athletically create something out of nothing, this magic fairy dust out of nothing. And those can occasionally happen, but you can't make a living. He basically sacked himself three times. Well, and not only that, Jim, but the sacks where he was so deep, like you talked about, where it was you know, like a 10 or 12, 15-yard loss. <laughs> right. It's like, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, very good. Very so good. I think he'll be very good, and he'll learn that he can't do that. That's a, that's a very occasional thing you can do right, with yeah. his at yeah. elite athleticism. But to – to compare it again to Kyle Allen, who knows how to just move a few yards, keep the play alive, wait for a receiver yeah. to come open, stay within the structure of the play, right. not create a new play on the fly. Right. I thought Kyle Allen was, was terrific with all that. Well, and it was great, too, because the, the way the defense really hemmed in Kyle Amari, he wasn't able to start the fire, if you will. Uh, if you so, will, yeah. yeah. It's like he was running on ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Joel is coming to yes. Bank of America Stadium, yes. we're, so we're, we're sprinkled in some without being nauseating, we will yeah. occasionally drop in a Billy Joel reference or two, showing that we too are 69 or 70 years old <laughs> and uh, remember him when he was younger. But uh, that was one of the big news points this week. But I like the other thing was um, it was cool getting Greg Little up and running for half Absolutely. the snaps at right yeah. tackle because now with Trey Turner's injury, it looks like Daryl Williams is going to be at the. Uh, a guard position this week and sliding in for Trey Turner the way it looks right now. So if that's the case, very helpful to have Greg Little get a half a game of experience. Absolutely. And to, to get that offensive line moving, and it, you know, it's hard to, you know, when you're mixing in guys in and out, but, you know, uh, moving Darrell Williams over, I think will be a good move. And now you finally get to see a healthy Greg Little. And he was telling us today that, uh, you know, he's feeling good now after the concussion-like symptoms. And um, he did have one at college, which he said was kind of similar to the, the one he had here. But um, he's feeling good. And, you know, what a difference uh, having that offensive line makes because you look at uh, what the Panthers were able to do, and it's it was the, you know, different quarterback, same formula, you know, moving the ball down the field, rushing for over 100 yards. Mm -hmm. The defense played like the defense we thought that we were going to – see this year and and it's great to see that they're kind of getting in tune and you know Ron was asked this today at the press conference um you know is in how the the, the defense is coming together and he said look these guys got to play together and they got to feel comfortable with each other and, and I think that's what you're finally starting to see you know you still you know have a chance to work in Bruce Irvin he's still injured but you know Gerald McCoy did some great do we have things. Bruce Irvin like have, do we know that we have Bruce Irvin <laughs> yeah he's here <laughs> it was like he tweaked a hamstring like Six weeks ago, and it's like every week he's just he's just not around. It's just like. But but how about the young guys come out? Uh, you know, Brian Burns on the yeah. edge, and Christian Miller had a couple sacks. He was great, and even Marquise Haynes just pressuring yeah. the quarterback. Shaq Thompson got one. And you know, and you know what? At no point when they got those sacks did they act like they were a big shot. Right. You thought you were a big right. shot, didn't you? Yeah. They <laughs> you had to prove it to the crowd. <laughs> That's right. Being a big shot, didn't you? Well, you know, it's the one thing if, uh, you know, this is a league where you, you got to produce. And if you're not, you're, you know, you're a, a you know, boasting on the Down East or Alexa. <laughs> I didn't know which one you were going to go for. <laughs> I was not expecting that one. <laughs> that or was, you're a piano man. Yeah. Yeah, so it's pick us a song, you're the piano man, out of all the many uh, ones we could pick from there. But, um, yeah, obviously the defensive pressure was, was key. And then the other thing is this week, because it's called the pregame, postgame podcast, but the format really is postgame, pregame, is to kind of move it into the Houston game a little bit more. Is I think in every way Arizona is kind of like uh, what they, that Houston, what they are is what Arizona wants to be. Right. That's like 2.0 version yes. of what they are. With athletic quarterback who only runs when he has to, He'll do it to, to right. make more passing plays because they don't want to get him hurt. Not that he can't, but he's kind of right. still slightly built for a, a taller quarterback. He's uh, Deshaun Watson's not real thick. And then they don't have a great running game, which is a little bit similar to what Arizona's experienced, but a better defense than what 
Honestly, Cardinals were 31st in yards going into that game. Right. Houston's a better defense. They had five sacks last week against the Chargers. So in every way, it's kind of like a step up against a similar style of team that they'll be facing in Houston. But I think this is one of those opportunities, though, to, to face a team like Houston but have kind of the dress rehearsal ahead of time. Uh, and I think that's going to be huge. And, you know, look, they're coming off a, a pretty big come-from-behind win, so they're starting to feel good about themselves. You know, they've, they've, they kind of tinkered a little bit early on in the season with uh, bringing in Jeremy Tunsil and, mm-hmm. uh, you know. They you made look some at, crazy trades. Well, and then Clowney, like shifting Clowney out, which you thought would have been like with J.J. Watt, you know, healthy again. Why, you know, why do that? But, you know, de- their defensive numbers aren't terrible. Merciless is good. Yeah. I mean, he's got four sacks. Right. He's got three forced fumbles. Right. I mean, if you tell me Clowney had those numbers in his prime, right. he's got one sack. Yeah. Uh, Nurse is the guy that a bunch of the offensive players were talking about today yeah. in the locker room. So and um, keep an eye on Reader, the defensive tackle right. in the middle there, too. It's like he had a – Not a, Steve a, Reed. No, uh, DJ Reader. He got a sack and a half last week and also pressured the pocket a lot of times. So, again, it's a, it's a better defense. Outside of Chandler Jones, nobody on the Arizona front would really scare you. So, I don't know. I just think it's going to be a tougher challenge, but a very, again, winnable game. If we do the things we did last week, you know, that, that's a winning formula anyway because it was all three phases of the game. And the only difference was there wasn't the um, time of possession was the one number that was kind of skewed in the negative direction. But I think that was just because you had a couple of quick drives. You know, you had the 76-yard run by McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, so – to me, because we talked about a lot in the postgame show, time of possession, a lot of times, you know, the Panthers want to run the ball, which also kind of lends to the time of possession. Your third down percentage is also a number that we like to look at quite a bit. Um, it, it was better, four for 10, 40% this week, but it was 53% on the defensive side. So, by still, the way, Houston still on still offense on is 43%. Yeah. So, they're really good at converting these third downs. So, well, this was just one of those games where you just got to keep, uh, you just got to keep him contained. You know, yeah. you, you know Deshaun's got to be. You know, kind of contained, keep him in the pocket. You don't want him uh, getting out on the edge. And you know, it's it's a high powered offense. But the way this defense clicked, I I, I agree with you, Jim. If the, if if the the blueprint's going to be similar with tweaks, you execute the game plan, and now you're sitting at two and two, which is a whole lot better than what we were thinking about. You know, a week ago. <laughs> I, th- I, was a possibility. I was thinking of canceling this podcast this week if we were 0-3 <laughs> and just oh, resuming when, when things like Jacksonville week or something turned around there. But thankfully not. And it seems like, as you said, a collective sigh of relief and everyone's happy and uh, back in that winning mode. And before the game, Sandra and I went out to Vegas early, not for the reasons you think. We actually don't like casinos and gambling. We went out in the uh, the wilderness and rode motorbikes in the mountains. I saw the new Raiders stadium being built, which Ooh, is yeah. supposed to be done in 10 and a half months. Looks nowhere near like it's going to be ready in 10 really? and a half months. I think that'll be interesting. Right across from Mandalay Bay, if you're out in Vegas, you can see it there. And I thought you would appreciate this. Saw it from across the interstate, not right up close. But unfortunately, the Knights were not the biggest draw in minor league baseball this year. It was the, Las Vegas, yeah. which is AAA for the A's. And saw their stadium just again from uh, the interstate there, but they were the number one drawing team this year, and they had a very they have a very nice ballpark too, no doubt about it. But I'm kind of partial to the one we got uptown Charlotte here. But you know what? It's good for the it's good for minor league baseball uh, to play in these parks. Um, it just the experience is completely different. Mm-hmm. And, and this is no offense to Old Knight Stadium, but it just wasn't in you know it, it time had had come and gone on that stadium, unfortunately. Um, you know, you build it there now, maybe it's a different story with everything that's going on in Tiga K and mm-hmm. Fort Mill and even Steel Creek. Um, but just, you know, that, that growth wasn't there 10, 10 years ago. Yeah. Now the Panthers are moving to Rock Hill with their – That's right. But, <laughs> but you know what, but, that, but the but – the, the, uh, now, it'll affect, obviously, the, the full-time people that work here. But 
uh, as far as game operations, it doesn't really really doesn't change things. No. I mean, it, it, I think games are going to be played down here. I think that the goal is based on what it sounds like they're asking and, and wanting from the city is uh, to retrofit this this stadium that we're in right, right now. By the way, Bank of America yeah. Stadium, as we talked to you, for soccer as opposed to building something new, and that would be ideal. This is a great location. Yeah. I think, as we say, yeah. because well, we're you know, they are moving out to Rock Hill. <laughs> Just Monday through Friday, right? Yeah. Monday through Friday. I live in the suburbs down that way, so I don't mind that. I think that'll be good. And as we all know, with each passing week, there's less and less parking downtown. Yeah. So at some point, it needs to be kind of like, yeah, event only, where maybe you could take the train or take public transportation and come in and, and not make it an everyday thing here. So I think that'll be cool. And it's going to be exciting, I think, having, uh, you know, we, we referenced the, the Billy Joel conference at uh, conference, Billy Joel concert. <laughs> Will it be like a conference? It might be a conference. Because it's an older set. Will it feel like a con Any old business, any new business. But you know what? Uh, you know, in looking at uh, some of the last, I mean, he's sold out Fenway a couple of times. He's done Wrigley, I think, like six or seven straight yeah. years. I yeah. mean, it's, it's. And there's uh, so many transplants down here. People are like, yeah, those are northern, northeast oh, cities yeah. and whatever. It's like, yeah, but there's so many transplants down here. And people just that are older that, you know, there's concerts for everybody. So not everything has to be the newest, youngest, hippest. And they're going to have lots of concerts here. So this is just, I the, think first that's just the first of many genres yeah, and many right. age group type concerts. Yeah, but Billy Joel, you know, he's a guy, I, I would go see him at concert. Yeah, he's a legend. He's, he's a, a Hall of Famer. Right. I mean, you yeah. could go, you know, you go uptown, get a nice meal, you know, maybe check out some scenes take from an your, Italian restaurant. <laughs> take your uptown girl. <laughs> <laughs> A bottle of red, a bottle of white, right, yeah. <laughs> some Ginny's ice cream. Not only it's a song, but yeah, um, no, that, that's all good stuff. So, um, all right, so you guys are going out to Houston. Go to Houston. This is a different, uh, hopefully, a different uh, outcome for the Panthers than uh, not the last. I mean, of course, the not the last time the Panthers were in Houston, but when it, when you think Houston, oh, Wright you Stadium, mean the big game, the big game, Super Bowl Thirty Eight. Yeah, yeah. The problem was we weren't playing the Texans; we were playing the Patriots. Was yeah. probably the biggest problem with that game, but. Um, no, yeah, the stadium definitely brings back a lot of uh, memories from that. We've only played this team four times ever yeah. in the regular season, two and two all time. So there's not not a lot of history between these two teams. I remember one of those being where Jake DeLome was down there. Yeah, we saw him in Cleveland. We saw yeah. him in Houston. It was just weird. Like right. we happened to hit the couple cities he was in. After now who's doing here. the game with you this week? It is Jake because this Jake. is like a home game oh, that's for right. him. That's being, only like he, that's a close game for him. Being in Louisiana, he'll drive. I think he said it's like three hours or something like that for him. So he'll do, he'll do this one. And then Jacksonville, he'll do the broadcast, and then also uh, Jordan Gross will be here because that is going to be oh, the his. Uh, Hall of Honor, right? right. Uh, so that'll be is the be a the four day. man booth. He will be in for part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's funny. So I'll tell you this: there's going to be a part of the game where Mick has to leave to go down there too to do the halftime gotcha. with us. So that booth is going to empty. So it's going to be me and to be determined. But as you know, we've got Mike Tober, we got yeah. Kevin Donnelly, we got extra players all over sure. the place. Yeah, Sharon, Brett, and I can walk down too. If you just come on down. We'll each uh, we'll, 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 we'll like each take a turn calling a play. <laughs> You go. No, you go. No, it's your turn. No. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, a couple next couple of weeks would be a lot of fun. So looking forward to all that. Well, and it's been fun, um, you know, incorporating those guys. Uh, there was a lot of banter between uh, Jake and uh, uh, Jordan, because uh, Jake was listening to Jordan doing the call. And then they do the podcast together yeah, every week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's um, they're yeah, critiquing it's a lot of fun. And, and definitely harassing each other. Yeah, Jake was. So of course, I'm sitting next to Jordan. Jake is texting him while we're doing the game, like, give a shout-out to Ross Cockrell. And Jordan's telling me this, but he won't do it on the air because he doesn't want to jinx he him. So he waits till later funny. in the game to say, now I will pass on what Jake said about 47 having a great game. <laughs> All right, so kickoff is 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock Eastern time. Pre-game at 10. 
post game, who you got this week? Because Eugene so, was in Green Bay last yes, week. Yes, so so musical chairs continues. Uh, Brett is going to be at the Roval, of course, uh, yes. in Charlotte. So uh, so Sharon will we sit in with uh, with Eugene and me, and uh, we'll probably go on there somewhere around four. 4.15, and uh, we'll take it all the way to... You should uh, get Brett to call in from the Roval. We should do that. Yeah, That'd be a good idea. They'll probably still be going, right, at that point, so you could give an yeah, update on the race. Yeah, because I think the race. race doesn't start until like 2.30 or yeah. 3 o'clock. So, so probably like 7 o'clock, something uh, like that. We go, uh, let's go check in from uh, Jimmy Johnson's pit. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep bugging him over and over. Brett, what are you doing now? Hey, Brett, what are you doing now? <laughs> While he's working on the air doing the PRN race. Well, as always, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. And uh, stay tuned for another episode of the Pre-Game Post-Game Podcast. Jim Zoki, I'm Mike Pacheco. Thanks for listening. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misik is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench, everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS.